Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning or afternoon or evening, depending on when you listen to your podcast, but we're recording in the morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Trust the Tape, episode 1.15.19. Welcome. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh at JC1053 on Twitter. You can hear me on 105.3 The Fan and DFW. Uh, and read stuff on the Athletic DFW alongside my co-host and the greatest college football mind in the history of planet Earth, the great Dane Brugler at DP Brugler on Twitter. You can find his work on the Athletic as well, DallasCowboys.com, and popping in every Thursday on 105.3 The Fan. Good morning, Dane. Good morning. It's a it's a brand new year, and it's it, a brand new you. We almost lost you. Yeah, I don't want to make light of it, but Dane hit 104. A little rough patch there for a little bit, and uh, it was a rough few days. But you know, we're back. We're we're uh, we're feeling good, and we got a new draft season coming up here. Now it's, it's what 30 or 28 teams are now uh, focused on the draft. Only four teams left in the NFL, so we know the top 28 draft order. The underclassmen deadline has come and gone, so we know the uh, the players that will be in this draft class. So we're getting closer and closer to. Uh, uh, you're really getting more in specifics with this draft class. And we got a two-pack of guys that declared not long before the uh, deadline for the NFL draft, which was yesterday. Correct. And their names are TJ Hawkinson, tight end from Iowa, the who's t- going to fall to number 58. End. I think he's got massive off-field issues. Uh, <laughs> and he'll fall to 58. Uh, actually, he doesn't have any off-field no. issues that I'm aware of. And uh, I just wanted him to fall to number 58. So he might I'm be too, start, not, too nice of a guy. And start spreading rumors. Yeah, they say that mentality will never work in the NFL and not to pick him in the top 57. Just yeah. let the Cowboys pick him. And any Cowboys fans listening, just don't even let that pipe dream enter your mind. TJ Hawkinson is he a first-round pick. He, he tried up for he, the tight he's, end. Yes, but he's a first-round pick. He's yeah. not going to last to 58. He's not going to last to 38, maybe not 28. So uh, it would take a trade-up if you want to get T.J. Hawkins. Okay, so the other name is Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray declared for the NFL Who? draft. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, did, he, did he say he's not going to play baseball and he's going to play football? No. No. But the option to play football is there. His name is in the NFL draft, and somebody's going to pick him. That's going to happen. So who do you want to start with, Kyler or Hawkinson and the tight end group? Because it seems like this tight end group is going to be, how long have I been doing this? Probably six or seven years. Is this the best tight end group I've seen? I think it is. Yeah, I think in terms of... Um, the number of guys that could go in the top 40 or 50? Well, yeah, I think quality in the top 100 even. Um, the record is nine. Nine tight ends went in 2006 uh, NFL draft in the top 100 picks. So this year, I think, could challenge that. We might not have a tight end go top 15, you know, where even in the past we've had that, uh, you know, a couple tight ends go that high. This year, we might not have a, core, a tight end go in the top 15, but it's the depth in the late first round, second round, third rounds. That's what gets you excited. So, yeah, the two Iowa guys at the top, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, two different types of tight ends, but two guys that uh, we've never had two tight ends from the same team go in the same first round. Good chance that changes this year. So what is this? What's this group like at the top athletically? 
Because some people in the NFL, their team employs three or four tight ends, and all of them run a four seven five forty. Right. So what what are we looking at in terms of the athletes at tight end? Well, Noah Fant, that's what's gonna he's gonna blow up at the combine. Uh, he's gonna jump really well. He's going to test really well. Uh, at least that's what he's expected to do. And as long as he does that, he's going to live up to the billing as uh, you know the Evan Ingram type of prospect, where uh, he's going to be okay as a blocker. But what he gives you downfield. Uh, stretching out the seam, uh, you know, really stressing out how coverage uh, is going to deal with him. That's what makes uh, Noah Fan such an appealing player in the first round. TJ Hawkinson is not the same type of athlete, but he's still a really good athlete, and he gives you more as a blocker. And so uh, different types of tight ends there. And then Irv Smith, uh, a guy who can, you know, do a little bit of everything. He's in that O.J. Howard mold. Uh, you know, both coming from Alabama, both being... Uh, Where's Irv going? 58? No, I don't think he's. Dang it. He's another guy who I think is going to go somewhere in the top, uh, you know, thirty-five picks. He, he's a potential first-round pick. But once we get to the second and third round, that's when we're talking about uh, Dawson Knox from Ole Miss, Jay Sternberger from A and M, uh, Caden Smith uh, from Stanford, Isaac Nada from Georgia, Caleb Wilson UCLA, uh, and then we get the top seniors: Drew Sample from Washington, Josh Oliver San Jose State. So those are ten tight ends right there. All have potential to be top one hundred picks. Uh, and so we could be seeing an, a new record for top 100 tight ends this year. All right, let's let's move over to that other guy that declared for the draft, uh, Kyler Murray. Yeah, I believe that's his name. Uh, believe he won the Heisman. Pretty good little player. Uh, Keyword little. Also a little player. <laughs> um, it, we talked about this before we even went on the podcast, and I think this is to me this is the most fascinating thing about quarterback. If you could go back, what year was Russell Wilson drafted? 2012. Is there anybody else in that draft who went number one overall? Russell probably should have gone number one That was the year Luck went one. RG3 went two. Who went two? uh, RG3. Okay, so he should have gone second. Tannehill went seven. Well, really first, but you didn't know Andrew Luck was going to have injury problems. Uh, And I'm going to make my case for the small quarterback real quick. And this is not about Kyler Murray because I haven't studied his tape. I know he can play. I know he's got plenty of arm. I know he's a heck of an athlete. Short quarterback or small quarterback? There's a there's a distinct both difference. I think they both fall okay. into the same unfortunate category, okay. which is people assume that you're small, so either a you can't see over the offensive line, which there's no evidence of ever. Like they don't get balls batted at a higher rate, they don't get hurt more. Our sample size is small because people never gave them the opportunity sure. because it just felt wrong. Like, oh, that little guy, that little guy can't play quarterback. But there's nothing out there. I actually I, I did as much research as I could and found everything I could on what size means for injuries in the NFL. And the only piece I could find was from, uh, what's that website, Football Outsiders, I think. Mm -hmm. And they had a guy that did a study, and his led to the heavier you were at a position group, the more often you got injured by a little bit. So there is no consistency to, oh, he's skinny, or oh, he's short, he can't hold up physically. There is no factual evidence that, oh, he can't see over the line and his balls get batted down. Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Baker in college versus Rosen and Darnold. Like, the numbers aren't there. So, will teams, can teams just, or how many teams, I guess, will look at that and say, guys, why why do we believe this? Why do they have to be 6'4", 230? There's no proof. Other than it's what people have always picked, and so it's what we're used to. I think the rebuttal to that is, okay, well, give me an example of 
a guy under two, a quarterback under two hundred pounds who has held up, who's a mobile quarterback. You know, right. he's and, and make no mistake about it. Kyler Murray is a pass first quarterback. Right, uh, he's not going to. He ran for a thousand yards, but he also put up Baker's passing numbers. Right, and, and he's going to stick in the pocket, and you know, as long as he possibly can, he's not going to drop his eyes and tuck and run at the first hint of pressure. Uh, but. You know, he's still a mobile quarterback. What he could do with his feet helps make Kyler Murray who he is and as electric as he is. But give me an example of a, a guy under 200 pounds, that quarterback, who's held up physically over the year. I mean, we just haven't seen it. Now, nobody your, ever, nobody's your ever point, given that profile an opportunity. To your point, right. We which just, makes it tough. We don't have the examples because there just haven't been many opportunities there's for those guys. There's also probably, I don't know if there's ever been a prospect that you would want to have the opportunity like that because I think most of the guys that are that size and that athlete probably ran more and weren't as gifted of passers. Right. Who's exactly. the last guy that was that size with that arm and that accuracy? I don't know. No, I mean, we, I mean, Michael Vick wasn't a big guy. Yeah, uh, you know, he's he, bigger. Right, but and he was uh, more of an elite athlete, didn't have the... He wasn't as accurate. Didn't, yeah, didn't have the polish that Kyler Murray has right now. Kyler's butt in a 40. Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think Kyler runs? Four, bet, four, five? Oh, I bet he runs in the four fives. Oh yeah, that's okay. my guess. I I think he's more. Is that a Mayock thing? He's more quick than fast. Yeah, like no, I think he, I, I think, I think so he's too. shifty and his acceleration's yeah. awesome. Uh, I don't know if he's going to run in the four fours. I would bet he. I'll wild guess four five two, four five three. Okay, I would guess between four four five and four five zero oh, somewhere in the late four fours. Uh, but no, I think you're right about him being quicker than fast. Where he's just he's so elusive. He's so shifty. Uh, that that. Really helps him in the pocket, um, and just in studying his tape, I was really surprised how he does have pocket instincts. Where he understands where the rush is coming from, he understands where pressure is, um, and it's you know he's able to make guys miss in small spaces, uh, find those second chance throws, those off platform throws, uh, and he's I think he's a naturally accurate thrower. Now he needs to get better with his ball placement, but for the most part, he is naturally accurate. The biggest thing for me with Kyler Murray is just. It, you can't, and you know, I, I know the name of our podcast, Trust the Tape, and in most cases, that's what you do. Uh, over yeah, you trust else. his seven seconds of protection. But that's and- the thing is, you can't look at his tape and just necessarily <laughs> trust it because of the defenses that he faced. He played in a conference that can't cover, that can't rush the passer. He played in, a, in again behind an offensive line that literally gave him five, six, seven seconds to sit back there, survey the field, figure something out. And we saw against Alabama how quickly, I mean, nothing in the Big 12 prepared Kyler Murray for what Alabama threw at him. No, the first uh, two drives is what he had to go off of. Right, exactly. Okay, got it. Here we go. Two or three more games against Alabama. I think Kyler Murray can adjust and he'll get better and better. But, you know, we're just, we're speculating. We're assuming. We're, you know, we don't have uh, the full, uh, you know, evidence on tape that says that he's necessarily going to do that. Only a one-year starter and in in a conference that, you know, there's there's question marks there. So, uh, Kyler Murray conversation is just it's fascinating, and you know he has not come out. You know, he, yes, he did declare for the NFL draft uh, yesterday before the deadline on Monday the 14th, but it was more of an arbitrary thing because he had to because of the underclassmen deadline. But at the same time, he could still choose baseball tomorrow if that's what he wanted to do. Uh, when do you think we'll know? Because he's going to have a choice to make in the next, really, the next thirty days. What are you prepping for? Spring well, training, or are you prepping for the combine? Honestly, it's up to the A's. How much of a hard line do they set? Do they do they let him go to the combine? You know, and go through the process. Maybe they're a little lenient because they know Kyler has all the leverage right now. 
if Kyler decides to go football, yes, the A's get their money back in terms of the signing bonus, but they, but they lose, lose the top, top 10, 10 pick. Exactly. Yeah. So the A's, it just depends on how much of a hard line do they want to do they want to put out there with Kyler and Man, say... Man, they hate that he won the Heisman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do. Why'd and you have to be so good? Does Kyler show up for spring training uh, in mid-February for a week before he goes to the combine? Does he even, you know, try to do that? Does he, uh, you know, deal with... Probably a lot of veterans looking at him differently. A lot of coaches saying, oh, hey, the football player's here. You know, does he want to deal with that or does he, I don't know. There, there's a lot of things going on with the baseball football discussion because if, and if I'm at the combine and he goes to spring training for a week, the interviews are going to be interesting with NFL teams saying, all right, so it's either, it's either us or them. We're not doing this double thing. If we're going to draft so you as a quarterback. So the double thing's been done. My question is, never a is quarterback. quarterback infinitely no, different? Absolutely. Okay. If you're going to play quarterback in the NFL, that's you a... You don't have time to go play baseball for no, an entire season. That's not even a full... T- uh, saying it's a full-time job doesn't even do it do it justice. Uh, you know, this is this is not a Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders situation where uh, he's going to be able to try and double dip. He's going to have to dedicate himself to one or the other. And if I'm an NFL team at the Combine, I need you to tell me that I'm all in or I'm all out. And even, even if he does say I'm all in, I'm telling you, okay, if we are interested in drafting you... We will put something in your contract that says that you know you're 100 football. You cannot try baseball. If you do try, you're giving up your your bonus, your whatever. I mean, there, there's some stipulations in your contract, kind of. I mean, kind of like what they tried to do in baseball. But that's another part, another layer of the discussion with Kyler Murray that teams are going to discuss, and why I think there's when it's all said and done, when we get to late April, there's probably only going to be. I don't know, four or five teams that are legitimately interested in him as a, you know, top 40, top 50 pick. So this is the theory of uh, my co-host on the radio, Mike Bassick, who's a former big league pitcher. His theory is because the number we saw was Kyler Murray kind of told the A's like, hey, I know you gave me four point something in a signing bonus, but 15 million would make me pick baseball. His theory was he wants to play football. He gave them a number he knew they wouldn't match. Yeah. And then, all right, now I go play football. Then why hasn't he said that I'm done with baseball? Because uh, maybe they give him $15 million and maybe he doesn't get picked in the first round. and may, like, I don't know. If you're him, it's kind of the ultimate leverage where it's like, hey, guys, I'm good enough to be a top 10 pick in both your leagues. Which has never happened. And let me see what happens. You know, Because sure. what if he gets picked 48th? If you get picked 48th, suddenly you go, well, wait, I think my baseball signing bonus is better than the guaranteed money you're going to give me. They'll probably give me more. Maybe I'll just go back. Right. <laughs> he's, in the, he's in the best driver's seat in the history of sports it, it to start is a career. Yeah, no, it is interesting because he has all the leverage and he's not giving it up just yet. I, I don't know. Maybe, I think he wants to play football. Maybe He I'm, wants to. I'm, I'm just cynical, but I would hope that he does what – he want he, it, what his heart tells him in terms of what does he love more? You know, what do you love playing more? We've seen for the five nine quarterback or maybe five ten quarterback. I think baseball will wait for you, and sure. you would have to try football first. It's well, the exact opposite of the six four quarterback. The six four yeah. quarterback football might be waiting. Right, they might be like yeah, heck yeah, come to camp. They might do what the Cowboys used to do and bring in a baseball player all the time. Like yeah. heck yeah, come try it out. Baseball didn't work for the five ten guy. I think the, it's the backwards. Brandon Whedon route. Yeah, I think for the five ten guy, it's backwards though. That, that makes do, sense, right? You have to try football because if you're gone for four years, the five ten quarterback going, "Hey guys, I'm ready to play football." Yeah. You're like, "What?" Go the Tim Tebow route, <laughs> where yeah, you, yeah you, that's the route. You know, you be a highly draft pick, and you know, I don't. 
anyone saying that he's, he's a lock top 10 pick, and I mean, that's just, it's crazy at this point in the process. It's so early. Teams, like I said, there's probably only going to be a handful of teams that are really interested in him, and at that point, it just depends, okay, where are we picking the draft, and you know, do we feel that strongly about him? I mean, at this time last year, people were saying Lamar Jackson was a lock top 10 pick, you know, and he fell to the final pick in the first round. That's so, where my guess is for Kyler's floor, is that somebody would go to 32, trade up, and say, we want the fifth year. Yeah. It's my guess. I, I would put the over-under at pick number 12. Does he go before pick 12 or after pick 12? I think that's kind of where I'm looking at right now. I mean, things are going to change throughout the process. Um, you know, the baseball football discussion is a big part of it. Uh, you know, how much is he invested? That That's going to be an interesting discussion. But I tell you what, this draft class became a lot more interesting uh, with Kyler's decision yesterday. I mean, it's, the draft class is always, uh, the draft process is always interesting. It's always exciting. Uh, but even more so now with Kyler and He's the ultimate wild card in the first round. Where does his tape put him between Dwayne Haskins and then who's next? Is it Drew Locke or Daniel Jones or where's Will Greer? Right now, based on and I studied, I did not, I have not studied the uh, Alabama tape yet. I have, I don't have that tape yet, but I did study all of his regular season tapes, and based off of those, and I did a film room study on uh, the Athletic. You can, and I posted some all twenty two clips there. You can see my thoughts. Um, I I think there's a lot to like. I think a lot translates to the next level. I would put him in between Daniel Jones and Drew Locke right now. Uh, Dwayne has Haskins is number one, and I don't even love Dwayne Haskins. I don't like. I don't think he's a lock top ten pick. Now he's going to go probably top five because history tells us quarterbacks go high. But I'm not high. Uh, if sky Kyler high Murray was Dwayne six Haskins. one. Would you like him more than Haskins? Um, no. Uh, six five. <laughs> Decide, honestly, the biggest worry for me is just what he played with in college and how that's, in terms of his supporting cast, the offensive line, uh, being able to see things quicker. Um, I, I think he would be right there in the discussion. But Let me ask you this. How does his skill set relate to Baker Mayfield's? I think they're different. I mean, he's got, he's got I think he's got more of a, a whip for an arm. Um, there are a lot of times you watch him and you see a mini Mahomes. Uh, with the way he runs around, the way he, he, you know, the different arm angles, the off-platform throws, things like that. Baker, I thought, was much more, uh, you know, that compact delivery, you know, load, fire, accurate, um, where is just a little more mechanical with what he did, which is funny talking about Baker now like that. But uh, Kyler is just the, you know, playing backyard football. And look, we see that with Pat Mahomes and how that's working for him. And maybe that works for Kyler Murray at the next level. And there's no question that more so now than any before, NFL teams are more open-minded to a talent like Kyler Murray. If I were 300 pounds, I'd hate to think that that's the guy I have to try to sack. Sure. That'd be terrible. But when you do, you might worry about crushing him. Maybe. Maybe. No evidence of it, Dane. No evidence that little people get hurt. I don't know. I mean, it just it just feels right. I I get it, it. I get it. But at some point, common sense says, okay. He has less body armor, less bone density than these other guys. That has to at least... Long limbs snap easier. Okay, but... His little tiny limbs are so compact <laughs> that they can't break. Because all right. they're all just like in that one little area. At some point, you have to like say, okay, the odds are going to be greater. I'm not saying that he's going to get hurt, but the odds are greater that you know he's he's going to be injured at some point. Because, and, and really, we don't know how much he's... 
because he didn't take a lot of hits at Oklahoma. And part of that is him. He's hard he's, to hit. Yeah, yeah, no, yes, absolutely. Part of that is him. Uh, he has to make a mistake to get hit. Part of that is him. But when things are so much quicker in the NFL, things are so much faster. We saw it against Alabama. He got hit more in the Alabama game than he did all season. So in the NFL, that's just only going to go up even more. So it's... Look, the Kyler discussion, we're just getting started. There's so many layers to peel back here. My uh, favorite part about the Kyler discussion is doing it on the radio is the amount of passion oh, that he sucks is, yeah, or he's it's, awesome. It's both sides of the spectrum. Because college football fans yeah. are insane. I mean that with all due respect if you're listening. Well, they're, it, they're insane where it's even when more I so. praised Kyler, right. it's you stupid OU homer. It's like what? <laughs> No, I don't care where they played. And even, even more so with Kyler Murray because you have the Texas OU factor where, right. you know, and then also the A&M factor. Yeah. Because that's where obviously he started his career before, uh, you know, and, and that's another layer to Is this. Is Spavadol going to get hired in Arizona? I saw his name floating around last week as a, a potential offensive coordinator for Kingsbury. And does Kyler Murray hate Spavadol? Because weren't they together at A&M? I don't I, know if they're besties or enemies. Yeah, I don't. I think because he, he he just got hired to what Texas State, I believe. Yeah, he was Texas State, and then his name popped up last week. Right, as Cliff Kingsbury was talking to him. No, and uh, look, and I we heard a lot of chatter about you know could Kingsbury take uh, Kyler Murray number one? That's not happening, right? I mean, come on, like that's they just drafted Josh Rosen in the top ten last year. He had a terrible year, Dane. He clearly can't play. Steve Kime, the general manager, he's not going to go back on that and, and take Kyler Murray number one. I just that's that's not going to happen. All right, what's our next topic on Trust the Tape? We got through the we got through the major ones. Um, well, we talked about okay, the underclassmen deadline is come and gone. We according to my tracker, which is unofficial at this point, the NFL will officially list the the number of underclassmen to come out uh, later this week. But I'm at 132 names. Um, what's which, the record? Th- that would be a record. Uh, the record, I think. Uh, Wasn't it like ninety something? No, it's it's, it's over hundred. It's okay. over hundred. It's it's. I think it's in the hundred and teens. Somewhere. And how many go undrafted? Like history tells us about I think thirty seven percent of underclassmen go. End how do they get that bad of advice? Does well, the NFL not, advisory board or whatever give them bad advice, or no, is the agent like, no, you're better than that? I mean, the advisory board is really conservative. I mean, it's. Uh, it's an inexact science when you're trying to get especially with Rappaport saying a bunch of people say Kyler's going in the second or third round. Did you see well, him say that? Yeah, I, I don't know how you. He might have heard that from certain teams. I don't know how you give Kyler really an accurate, you know, because yeah. you can't say you can't tell him he's going top ten because you just there's no way you can know. That. I mean, yeah. again, Lamar Jackson was one pick away from the second round last year, and you know Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson are very different prospects. But you know, at this time last year. A lot of people thought for sure Lamar Jackson would go in the top half of round one. So it's just, you know, things change. And, and even after watching him play, I have no idea if he should have gone in the top five or if he went in the right place. Yeah, that's... <laughs> they won. That's in- incomplete right now. <laughs> they won. Um, but yeah, we're going to see a lot of underclassmen uh, in this draft class. Obviously, a lot will go on, uh, undrafted. A lot of times, these guys don't have a choice. Like, you know, they don't have the grades to go back to school, financial situations, such where they just feel pressured to come out and, you know, give it their best shot. Go get that undrafted money? Yeah, give it their best shot and see what happens. So, you know, it's it's not always just about the advice. Sometimes, you know, because a lot of these guys were told, go back to school. Because, again, right. the advisory committee, it's either first round, second round, or go back to school. Now, a lot of times, you know, these, these wow, teams... Wow, that's a lot of wiggle room there. Exactly. It, because they want juniors and underclassmen to go back to school because they Why know... Why wouldn't they? Free labor and then the most NFL team gets well, to... Most of them aren't ready. Be more accurate. Most of them aren't pay. ready. So, yeah. you know, it's... Uh, now, the one... That doesn't include the one percenters 
obviously, with a lot of these guys, not a lot, but uh, the one percenters who are ready for the NFL when they're freshmen and sophomores. Right. But there's plenty of guys in college that definitely need that extra year or could use that extra year that aren't going to get it. So underclassmen deadline, come and gone. Um, you know, look for that official list coming up uh, this week. Also this week, we have the East-West Shrine game going on. Um, I am not there, but I'm eager to get the practice tape next week to take a look at that. Then we have the Senior Bowl after that, and then we'll be talking about the Combine. So uh, a lot going down here at the All-Star Circuit. It's, and it's really the unofficial start to draft season uh, is the All-Star Circuit when teams have a chance to put these guys on a football field for the last time. Uh, it's the last time we'll be able to scout these guys with pads on. Uh, so there's a lot to gain from these uh, these All-Star settings. Uh, you know, putting the best against the best. Senior Bowl, obviously, is the more high-profile All-Star game, but the Shrine game produces guys every year. Last year, there was, I think, three or four top 100 picks. Philip Lindsay was at the Shrine game last year. Um, P.J. Hall was a Shrine game guy. Yeah, exactly. So he was one of the guys I was talking about as a top 100 pick. Deshaun Hamilton, but then he went from there to the Senior Bowl, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He's he a late, late call-up. He was a early fourth-round pick. So, uh, yeah, the, the Shrine game produces guys every year, and this year... It's heavy defensive line. Uh, really like the defensive linemen that are there. To me, Malik Carney from North Carolina is probably my highest graded guy. Um, and Where are you on Easton Stick? That's the guy that I keep hearing about. The North is he North Dakota State? North Dakota State. He he took over for for Carson Wentz when uh, when Carson got hurt a senior year and then you know, left for the draft. The winningest uh, quarterback in college football history. Forty nine wins. Just won his uh, was a third national title. Um, in Frisco a couple weeks ago. So uh, there's the resume is obviously sterling. Uh, big thing will be how does he perform on the same field uh, with FBS players and the best of the best this week. Uh, you know, he's, I don't think there's anything about his skill set that wows you, but I, he's the type of guy that you want to add to your quarterback room, help, uh, you know, formulate the game plan, help, uh, you know, just be a second or third. Uh, type of quarterback in your quarterback room. That I think that that's his role, and I think he can be a, that type of quarterback for the next ten years. Who's the wide receiver from Georgia that's at the Shrine game? Is Terry it? Godwin. Okay. Yeah, he's undersized. Um, I don't think he's going to be an NFL player that gets you six ninety and one. Uh, you know, week in week out, but he's going to have three or four targets every game that have the potential to be a big play uh, because you love the speed. Uh, he's a burner. He's going you know the short area quickness, the speed. Uh, up and down the field. He, he's going to be a guy that gives defenses problems. Uh, for Georgia, he was underutilized, but when they, especially over the middle of the field, you get you spread him out and you leave and you open up the middle of the field, give him a quick slant, he can take it the distance. Okay, I have a question about Georgia. This is a little bit random, but I have a question about Georgia. Okay. Um, Jake Fromm, who I know when he came in was talked about as a really good prospect, and when you mm-hmm. watch him, you can still see it. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm a big fan of uh, Ridley. Riley Ridley, right? He looks like a freaking baller. Mm-hmm. You're talking about an underutilized guy here. I don't know if there was a thousand yard receiver at Georgia. I don't think Did they there just was, not no. attempt enough passes, or is it Jake Fromm? I, I think no. I think it was because they have so many targets. Um, you know, so many mouths to feed in that offense. Uh, they really focus on balance in terms of getting the run game going with DeAndre Swift, Elijah Holyfield. Uh, but when you look at their their offense, they didn't have a. 600-yard receiver. Right, exactly. I mean, Riley Ridley, Holloman, Godwin, uh, McCole Hardman, who's in this draft. I think McCole Hardman's going to be a top 100 pick. So, you know, this is... They had a lot of mouths to feed, and they really leaned on the run game. So, I, I don't think it's necessarily Jake Fromm. I think it's more play-calling style, the offense. 
um, and just what they ask their receivers to do. And that's that's going to be a talking point with uh, these Georgia receivers when we talk about them as prospects. Riley Ridley did not have near the production that you would expect from a top 50 pick, but when you break down his game, there's a lot of things to be excited about in terms of what translates. And he's not as dynamic as his older brother, Calvin Ridley, but you see the same type of detailed route running, and he's bigger. Uh, I think he has a little more, uh, a little more size to him in terms of uh, being a better uh, receiver in contested situations. So, lot to like with Riley Ridley, regardless of what the production says. Okay, this is my final topic for Trust the Tape. If you won a national championship, and there was a government shutdown. So you went to the White House for your visit, right? And they gave you fast food as your meal, which is what happened to Clemson. That'd be awesome. It happened to Clemson yesterday. Which fast food would you like? It appears they got uh, McDonald's quarter pounders and fish sandwiches, some Wendy's and some Burger Kings, and some uh, and some Domino's. The Domino's and the French fries were under heat lamps to keep them warm. Which nice. uh, which fast food would you like at your national championship party? I, I can pick any fast food. Yeah. Hmm. I saw a little disrespect for Chick-fil-A on Twitter the other day, and I did not appreciate that. That's a fine chicken sandwich. Yeah, And good. a fine waffle fry. Yeah. Did you know the waffle fry is their most uh, ordered item? Really? It's not chicken. It's the waffle fry. Honestly, I don't go to Chick-fil-A much because every time I think, oh, yeah, maybe I'll go to Chick-fil-A, it's I go. Sunday? <laughs> well, no, that too. Oh, okay. But the, the drive-thru is oh, yeah, 20 yeah. cars deep. I just don't have time for that. Yeah, you got to man up. You got to park. I mean, that defeats the purpose of fast food. It's still know? pretty fast. Faster than the people in the drive-thru. Yeah, well, yeah, right about that. I don't. I, I'd probably go Taco Bell or Popeyes. Wait, wait, what from Taco Bell? Now Popeyes is obviously the number one seed, but what? Oh, you okay. I haven't been to Taco Bell in a while now. It used to be what? I used to eat Taco Bell literally five times a week mm, uh, wow. for about a decade. I've fallen off the last couple of years as I started to get fat, and I'm trying not to be fat. Sales are plummeting. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm putting a hurting on Taco Bell. What, what's your go-to? Uh, not just Bel Grande. Uh, that yeah, I add the jalapeno sauce to it as well. Um, my heart died a little bit when they got rid of the Baja sauce, mm. but the jalapeno sauce is still pretty legit. Mm. Um, can't go wrong with cheesy gordita crunch. Yeah, um, for sure, yeah. The quesadillas are great. They just, they just raised the prices of quesadilla, so I'm kind of in a quesadilla boycott right now because they raise the prices well, so they much. Up the but, quality or the amount of meat in there? Yeah, well, and that's the thing. As you, you also have to. You get what you pay for. Um, I'm a strong believer in that, and so <laughs> you know. It's, well, you're at Taco Bell, yeah. That, that's what you tell yourself when you <laughs> when you pay 380 for a quesadilla that used to be, you know, three bucks. So, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, Popeyes is definitely up there. Popeyes uh, is incredible. Oh my god, it's so good. Even though you're a baby and don't eat the hot, the, hot, the spicy. No, why chicken. would you need to squirt a it, little hot sauce inside the batter when you're making your chicken strips? Oh, no, just good. eat just oh. eat the chicken. It, well, and the big thing that. Separates Popeyes is the fries. The oh, Cajun so fries. Good. Cajun fries are yeah. so good. You can't yeah. beat that. People Even, love the red beans and rice. I'm, I, not, the, I'm not a beans guy. But I'm not I either. Love, but I, the green beans are good. I love the Cajun rice. Yeah. The green beans are yeah. solid. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the square green bean, though. I like my green bean okay, to have yeah. the length, be the yeah, I agree. cylindrical kind of green bean. That's yeah. my style. I, I agree. That makes that makes sense. Um, what, what, so Popeyes would be number, your number one? Popeyes is one, I guess. Uh, if you're going to have a fast food burger there, I would take a water burger. I'd take a water burger. Yeah. I wouldn't mind a Wendy's burger. Wendy's makes a solid burger. Um, you yeah, know what? what? That quarter, there's nothing wrong with a quarter pounder either. What so a, the Whataburger burger patty melt. That's the go-to. That's a good, that's a good strong. Yeah. That, good strong that, 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 yeah. What a yeah. burger. If I ever move from North Texas, that's, that's one of the things that would be, oh, 
No more Whataburger. I wouldn't mind if I walked up in there and they said, hey, we got some Arby's, but it's not any sandwiches. Mm-hmm. It's just curly fries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say, okay, that's outstanding. Hey, Sounds sometimes they're a good roast beef sandwiches. Hits a spot. I'm thinking about trying their other sandwiches because they, they now they, have they it do, like it's yeah. a deli. Like it's, there's ham sandwiches and turkey. So I'm going to have to check it out. The thing is, is it... Because I've had it before where it just wasn't fresh. I mean, because you just don't know how often the people order the brisket sandwich. Um, but, in, you know, it's it's still a fast food joint. But I made it's a brisket. Not bad. Did you know that? I made my first brisket. Yeah. Like a, a Packer brisket? Like a big brisket? What's that mean? It was like 13 and a half pounds. Was it the point and the flat? Or just, oh, yeah. Just point a, and oh, flat. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't uh, know what I was doing, but it worked out. How long yeah. How long did it cook for? Two. It went too fast. It cooked in about nine and a half hours. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it went what, too fast. What did you cook at with the temp? Uh, two twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I tried to cheat it. I tried to pop it up to two seventy-five to heat it up real quick so yeah. that I could get it wrapped and go to bed at six a.m. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I did that, and then it turned out that I had my thermometer in the wrong spot. And I was actually at one thirty-eight, not one sixty. Mm. And so then I had difference. to take a quick nap, pop back up, and then because uh, I had to unwrap it, put it back on, rewrap it, but it worked out fine. It was, was ready the, three hours early. What was the final result? Um, solid. Okay. Obviously, could have been better if I didn't have to nurse it along for four hours until people showed up for the watch party but mm. i sampled it and it was great i don't know how to cut it i was just like oh i'll just because i did before yeah. before i uh smoked it i made little incisions yeah which you know against the grain yeah right yeah, yeah. Smart. I, I tried to do that you watched some youtube videos uh yeah my pieces were kind of small i'm not a good cutter um <laughs> but it was tasty i had a great time smart no I, it's i'm proud of you because it, i know you're uh a, a, you know chicken and stuff that takes five ten minutes well, i just the... don't understand like last night i made new york strips because i just okay. don't understand why that's we're good. taking a, the piece of meat that once upon a time people were like hey that's not edible and then somebody got real <laughs> drunk one night and was obviously in poverty and was like, well, I took that part of the cow we throw away. and I, I forgot it, about it. I cooked it low and slow overnight. And right. 18 hours later, guys, I think this is edible. And we're <laughs> like, man, that's that's the ultimate test of your barbecue skills. I don't know. I, the thing is, with the brisket, it's 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 really tough. But when you cook it perfectly, there's nothing better. There's yeah, nothing it's, better it's than a perfectly cooked brisket. It's, just, it's hard to get that perfect brisket. It doesn't happen uh, a, a lot of times. But it sounds like for your first try, it wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. All right, I'm done. You done? Awesome. All right, trust the tape. We appreciate you. Send in your uh, favorite thing to smoke or grill, I guess, and uh, send in your favorite fast food. What would you want at your national championship dinner? I'm at JC1053 on the Twitter. Uh, Dane is at DP Brugler. And, of course, I'm at twitch.tv slash time for Jeffrey uh, if you want to watch me play Fortnite. You know, hmm. I stream about twice a week. I'm not good. But, it's draft season. You but gotta, I have a good social media following. So put the controller down. Watch. No. Yeah, it's, it's draft season, though. We got the Senior Bowl coming up next week. We got, uh, you know, you got to watch tape tonight. So I do have to watch tape tonight. Time to tight the- ends going tight ends. Yeah. All right. So that's it for trust the tape. We'll see you next week. Uh, Five star reviews, of course. If you if it's not too much trouble, we'd appreciate it. We'll get huge raises. Uh, and make sure that you're subscribed and that you share it when we share it and that uh, you tell your friends because again, we are trying to get filthy rich. That's the plan. Trust the tape. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.